This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM, Community Conscious Radio. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Worldwide vigils have sprung up to honor the late Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. But in Russia, human rights observers say more than 400 mourners have been arrested. Navalny died Friday in a remote Russian prison colony above the Arctic Circle under unclear circumstances. NPR's Charles Maines is in Moscow. According to the Russian Human Rights Monitoring Group, OVD Info, the arrest took place in more than 30 cities across the country, with some mourners detained for merely bringing flowers to makeshift memorials honoring Navalny. Authorities have warned against public gatherings. They've also sent masked agents to remove the tributes every night since prison authorities announced Navalny had lost consciousness and died following a prison war. Friday. Meanwhile, questions remain over the location of Navalny's body. His family has demanded the return of his remains, only to be told that his body was taken by investigators for additional tests. Navalny's allies accused the Kremlin of seeking to hide the true cause of Navalny's death. Charles Maines, NPR News. Moscow. Israeli President Isaac Herzog says if Hamas wants to move on from the war in Gaza, the group will need to give up the captives it still holds. One has to resolve the issue of the hostages and bring them back home safely and as soon as possible. Herzog spoke this weekend at the annual Munich Security Conference. While there, he met with the Prime Minister of Qatar, which has been a key player in negotiations for a ceasefire in Gaza. An agreement does not appear to be close. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu calls Hamas's demands to remain in power and for the Israeli military to leave Gaza delusional. And despite international condemnation, he's vowing to carry out a ground operation in the southern city of Rafah, which has essentially become a tent city with more than a million displaced Palestinians. Most of California under a weather alert and extensive storm starting tonight forecast to bring high winds, rain and snow and the chance of more flooding. NPR's Amy Held reports this latest storm comes not long after back back-to-back atmospheric rivers cause problems in the L.A. area. This storm is not forecast to be as bad as the one that brought record rainfall and hundreds of mudslides to Los Angeles earlier this month. Still, rainfall totals for the month are already some three times greater than average. Add any more rain and there's even more potential for flooding and landslides. This time around, Los Angeles could get several inches of rain. Just north in Ventura County, some roadways prone to flooding have already been closed as a precaution. Wind advisories are widespread across the state. The National Weather Service says rainfall could be heavy from northern California all the way south into Orange County. Higher elevations could see several feet of snow. Amy Held, NPR News. On the East Coast, organizers of NASCAR's Daytona 500 are watching the weather. Rain in Daytona Beach, Florida today threatening wash out the great American race. This is NPR News. President Biden is stepping up calls for Congress to pass a foreign aid package that includes $60 billion for Ukraine. He spoke by phone with Ukraine's president this weekend after Ukraine said it's withdrawing troops from the eastern city of Divka. Biden is blaming House inaction for the city's fall. Russia says it is now in full control of the city. The government of the Democratic Republic of the Congo is accusing Rwanda of launching a drone attack on an airport in eastern DRC. Congo's military says the attack targeted military aircraft at Goma Airport, but only civilian aircraft were damaged. Ishma Fundikwa reports that no casualties were reported. The attack comes as fighting between Democratic Republic of the Congo or DRC government government forces and M23 rebels escalates and draws closer to Goma, the provincial capital. The State Department condemned Rwanda for supporting the M23, one of the scores of militias fighting government forces in mineral-rich eastern DRC. 
Matthew Miller, a State Department spokesperson, called for the withdrawal of all Rwanda Defense Force personnel from the DRC. He said the recent escalation in fighting around Goma threatens the lives of millions. For NPR News, I am Ishma Fundikwa in Harare. To London, where the British Film Awards, the BAFTAs, are to be handed out tonight. The historical drama Oppenheimer leads the nominations with 13, including Best Film, the top prize. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News from Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Walton Family Foundation, working to create access to opportunity for people and communities by tackling tough social and environmental problems. More information is at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Hi, this is Leela. WMNF's next week-long membership drive begins at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, February 21st and goes through 9 a.m. on Wednesday, February 28th. We're seeking volunteers to help take pledge calls and food donors to help feed those hungry and hardworking volunteers. Restaurants, caterers, or chefs can find out more about donating drinks, snacks, or full meals by calling 813-238-8001 or email missjulie at wmnf.org. She can also help get you registered to volunteer. Just be in touch. Thanks. If you love classic soul, R&B, Caribbean, gospel, hip-hop, or house music, and if you love podcasting and exclusive interviews, if you love urban culture and urban music, then you will really love the Urban Cafe channel. You can find it here on HD2 if you have an HD2 radio, or you can go to WMNF.org and download our mobile app so that you can listen to it all the time. I'm Jeannie Holton. And I'm Nathaniel Cox. Tune in every Sunday from noon to 2 to the Acoustic Peace Club on WMNF. We play singer-songwriters and acoustic music from blues to bluegrass and speak loudly for peace. Join us every Sunday at noon on WMNF Tampa. Jazz is alive at WMNF. Tune in Sunday evenings at 8 for Colors of Jazz at our new time. Featuring new releases from new artists, old favorites, international jazz from Europe, Asia, and Canada. Covering everything from big band swing to bop to fusion. We play it all, plus specials celebrating the music of giants like Ellington, Miles Davis, Pat Metheny, Quincy Jones, Chick Corea, even Frank Zappa. We play the music you'll hear no place else on the radio. Check out our interviews with local jazz musicians. Jazz is what America sounds like, and it's yours to listen to come Sunday evening. If you can't catch us live, play it back from the archives. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekday mornings right here at 88.5 FM. You'll hear the same fearless investigative reporting on topics too hot for the mainstream media. Tune in to Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekdays right after the morning show. That's right here on WMNF, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, Lakeland, Clearwater, Winter Haven, and Venice. All right, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you for joining us for the second hour of WNNF.org with the Sunday Forum. My name is Annie Miles. I'm here with my Billy, and we are missing our other brother, which is Walter Smith. Again, we're going to wish him a happy belated birthday and hope he get well soon. If you have any comments or um, discussions you want to talk about, give us a call back at 813-239-9663. Today we're discussing Toni Morrison because her birthday was yesterday, and she is one of our honored, honored, honored um, 
black um, authors that we truly appreciate. We do have a guest in the house with us as well. His name is Brother Richard. He's here today. He was talking to us about an event that's going to be taking place on February 23rd, 2024. It is for Black History Month. It is a Black History program, and you always hear me say it. I've said it in the first hour. I'm going to say it in the second hour. It is Black History Month, but we are what, my Billy? Black every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> so this event is um, to promote black women empowerment as well. It is the sixth annual Black History Month program at the Mossad and Nasea. I hope I said that right, Brother Richard. <laughs> okay. It's okay. The Masjid. Masjid. Thank yes. you. And it's to honor Dr. Obeya Ahmed. And it is located at 7328 East Sly Avenue, Tampa, Florida, 33610. This is the zip code. If you want to get in touch with Brother Richard, you can reach him at 813-406-1047. Before we get back into... Um, our program, Brother Richard, again, tell us about the programs that this event is going to be promoting. Yes, this event will be promoting our food pantry, uh, which we had going on for the past five years in the Suffolk Springs area. Um, and also our youth um, mentoring program um, on our youth service branch. And this year we would go into entrepreneurship with an innovation academy mm -hmm. that will be starting next month where we would take the youth and we would train them in the entrepreneurship field Excellent. with innovation, with new technology to gain access to the upcoming world that we all will be faced with soon. Excellent. Now, we was talking about this a little bit off the air. Tell us some of the things with the um, after-school program you were saying they're going to be learning about math and what else? Yeah, they, they would, um, our summer program, our youth summer program, what we had this past summer was built on mathematics and engineering. Mm -hmm. And I thought it not be robbery to take them into entrepreneurship using the innovation and the math to solidify their learning. So this group would be between 12 and 15 years of age. Perfect. They can be boys or girls, mm -hmm. and they will come into the academy and gain these skills. And at the end, we look for them opening up their own business. Yes, yes. And that's the end goal. Now, you guys know, you've heard me talk about this all the time, entrepreneurship is so important, it's so important, it's so important. You always hear me say that. I do want to point out to something that I think is important as well, math. That can lead to so many different types of industries, you know. You have, of course, the technology part, but then you have the engineering. You've heard Walter talk about how there's not enough black engineers out here. So when you hear about these type of programs, I, 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 I implore you to please reach out, donate, Give your time. When I say donate, don't always have to be monetary. Give your time there to help our youth become something so they can take this legacy and move forward in a positive way. Because as we help one another, continue. We are always helping our community. We're helping our culture. So thank you so much, Brother Rich, for joining us. I'm going to repeat that one more time before we end the show, but thank you for joining yes, us. I want to go back to our discussion as we were speaking of authors. I'm going to name some authors here that has shown a lot of love, and respect for their culture and that they wanted to move forward and they put it in writing. So some of these you may know, some of you may not know of. And if you don't, I advise you to look them up. We have Zora Neale Thurston. She's a black author. She's um, from 1891 up until 1960. Alex Haley. We all know Alex Haley. We know the roots. We know that book that he had, the movie that was made, how, how powerful that was to our community. I, to this day, can't even watch anymore because it, it brings so much pain to me still looking at it to know that these were some of the things that my ancestors went through. You know, um, Alice Walker, Octavia Butler, Richard Wright, Ralph Ellison, W.E. Du Bois. Ugh, you have to know who these individuals are. You have to know what they mean to our history, to our culture, to the black community. Amiri Baraka, um, Amiri Baraka, August Wilson, Tony, Tony K. Bambara, I hope I said the name correctly. It's a female um, author. Phyllis Wheatley, Lorraine, um, Lorraine Hansberry, Frederick Douglass. Some of these names, again, you know, some you don't know. Look them up. It's important. It may be something that you can feed to your children, your grandchildren, to make them or spark something in them. Remember, we want to spark, spark you to action. We want to educate you, inform you. Gwendolyn Brooks, Booker T. Washington. Some of these names you know of Terry McMillan, Malcolm X. You know, so what we're talking about today, as we're giving homage to Toni Morrison, 
I, I want to do this and wanted to do this because it's so important. We forget about these things. And right now we're in a crucial time where they're trying to, again, ban some of these books. But they can't do it if we don't allow because even if they try to take it out of our schools, guess what? You can still talk about it. You can still tell your children about it so they can tell their children and so on and so forth. What do you think about that, my Billy? I agree. I think that we all have a story in us. And, uh, you know, one of the things that are near and dear to my heart uh, is the ancestry research. Yes. And I found so many stories. I'm just looking on my own birth certificate. I found a story about myself that I didn't even know. Mm. That was I was born at home. I thought I was born at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story. So also, the, home birth. Okay. the doctor who signed, who witnessed the my birth, uh, ended up being a famous doctor. I didn't even know he was famous in our in our city. He helped desegregate the beaches. Wow, in Mississippi, and uh, so I just didn't didn't know that even on my own birth certificate there was a story. But I found stories from from slavery in my family. My mm. My great-grandfather, uh, his father, his grandfather was a white man. That was, mm. you know, who his great-grandmother and his grandmother was the concubine of the slave master's son. So mm. there are stories there. We all Absolutely. have a story have in them. us that we can tell, that we need to tell, that we need to tell the next generation. Right. This is all history. This is wow. all history. Now, I, I want to um, clarify something that um, Billy stated. He found all this information on all of us Dot, was it, dot org or dot com? Dot org. Dot yeah. org. Mm -hmm. Now, because we, we know that you hear a lot of talk about this an, um, ancestry, you know, and when we hear about the stars talking about where they came from and their descendants and what have you, we think, oh, you got to spend a lot of money to do it and so forth. But, Billy, how much did it cost you to find about your ancestry? Zero dollars. That's it. Say it again. How much did it cost <laughs> to find about your history? Zero, zero, zero dollars. <laughs> so do you see it can be done? Just take the time. Take the time and look for the information. You know, it's there. If you have any questions or comments mm -hmm. or you want more information, you can email mobility at dj at wmnf.org because the information is here for us. And yeah. di di the, uh, the census report is, is a lot, is a wealth of information. And, you know, the census is released 72 years after the fact. The 1950 census is out. Mm. I know people on that census. You know, <laughs> I know where they live. I know who their neighbors were. I saw my mother as a nine-year-old. So, yeah, it's a wealth of information right there in the census. And the internet is open to the world. Okay, That's it, will, right. it will cost you. It will cost you nothing. So if you have any comments about what we're talking about, give us a call at eight one three two three nine nine six six three. I also want to give a call to action. If there's any authors out there, you know, if you're an author, you have a book, and you have a story, and you've always thought you didn't, yours wasn't important. <laughs> It is important. Now, I know a lot of authors that I've met personally, they've written some books that's been fictional or self-help. That's good. Continue. Dig deeper. Dig deeper. Like when Billy said, we all have a story in us. It's just taking the time and putting it on paper. It's not that hard. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's your voice is being heard. And as you get used to doing it over and over, as they say, repetition always makes you better. Okay? I got one more story to tell, and that is the... Uh, the slave narratives mm. that were done in the early part of the 20th century, talking to actual enslaved people who were newly freed, you know, ended up in the narrative. One of my, well, I thought my grand, great grandfather thought Gascon Norwood was his father. Gascon is mentioned, is referenced and tells his story in the slave narratives. Wow. So that's another story. Look at that. I get to see not only his life, but the lives of all those who were enslaved on the plantation with him. And part of his story was my great-great-grandfather uh, was being raised by him because they wanted to keep secret that he was actually the slave master's son. Now, look at that. Now, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me say this to our audience. When you talk to your parents and your grandparents, just imagine... Just imagine the history that they can give to you if you ask yeah. the right questions. Just imagine That's right. what you can find out, where, you, where you've come from, how you got here. And I don't mean basically coming through the womb, okay? And <laughs> when I say how you got here, the parents' parents and the parents of your parents and so forth. So your, your, your resource is right there in your home. It's a mm -hmm. phone call right. away. You know, and you, we don't understand how important this is. When I say to you when I went to that event, 
um, last weekend, and I knew this was even for homeowners or for individuals that wanted to help people become homeowners or for individuals that had a home and could help someone else live in their backyard that the county and the city are telling you it's now okay for you to do that because of the housing situation we have. And I did not see my own people there. When I say my own people, I'm speaking, yes, of black, African-American. Now I'm pretty sure, because I'm doing my ancestry now, thanks to my Billy giving me that information. Mm -hmm. Guess what? He became a resource for me, and now I'm utilizing that so I can find out more about my ancestry. Right. You understand? We all need to know. We all need to know. We all we need, need to, to know. know their names. I love that. That's right. We need to know their names, okay? Because that is the truth. It helps us. And you can pass this information on to your to your family members, right. to your children. That becomes your legacy. So when I was there, I said to myself, I'm definitely going to discuss this when I come on the show on Sunday because I need for you guys to know the only thing that's stopping you from being successful is yourself. And when I say that because when I know for a fact the information is out there, I'm going to find a way to get to it. I'm going to find a way to get to it. The Internet is there, but sometimes it's up there. So much information, you become overwhelmed. But guess what? You can narrow it down. Just keep on doing it. Listen to what's being told to you. Use other resources that are around you. And I say this to my own children. You know, anyone that knows me, I tell you, whenever I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking from experience. I don't speak what I don't know about, but I always know what I love learning. And we all learn something new every day. Every day. I don't care if you walk down the same street every day. There's something different on that street that you have not recognized, that you have not seen before. We just are not paying attention to it. So thank you so much for sharing that, Mobility. I want to get back to um, Tony Morrison and some of the other works that we have. Now, I know one of the callers mentioned James Baldwin. What do you think about James Baldwin, Mobility? Oh, he was intelligent. He was highly uh, tuned in yes. to this country's culture. And he knew how to indict the system. Yes, he <laughs> you know? did. Perfectly so said. much so that he he had moved to France, I think. He mm -hmm. moved somewhere to Europe. And then oftentimes we have to do that uh, in order to actually realize our free speech, believe it or not. That's it. So, and he he was yeah. known to be one of wildly was considered one of the wildly greatest authors or greatest writers of um, the twentieth century. Oh, yeah. You know, so we have to understand. You, you we need to read about these individuals and find out. You know what made them so powerful. And believe it or not, it was just them speaking their truth, speaking their truth, right. and speaking what was around them and what was happening. And that's all right. it takes. What do you think about that, brother Richard? I definitely think that's very important mm -hmm. to move forward, um, to move our community forward, to learn these issues and benefit from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. What have you found with working with the youth and what you're doing? What's the most important thing to you as you're seeing? And, and, and tell me, is most of the youth in your um, organization or in your company or in the program, are they all African-American or you have different races there? They are mostly African-Americans, mm -hmm. and I f found, mm -hmm. as Brother was discussing, um, the narrative. Right. Um, whoever controls the narrative controls the future. So it's yeah. very important, like he say, to do our research, um, find our ancestors, and find out the great accomplishments that they have accomplished. And yeah. so we can have the strength and ability to move forward as a community. I think that is so important. Yeah, that's inspiration there. Yes. Very much we so. Look back. Now, we, I'm sorry, I got my bill. No, I was just going to say, we have some calls. All right, great. Let's yes. get your calls in. <laughs> and we did have some emailers. One guy wrote that he would like to get information on and find out more on his history. So, Keith Taylor, I thank you for writing that. Allofus.org is a good place to start. We should all go there. Allofus.org. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yes, I have a comment. Yes, good morning. Well, we welcome your comment. I want to say, hands off you who are three. They need our support because they're not only coming after them, once they come after them, they're coming after all of us. Absolutely. Want to make us say that we connected to the Russians and this and that. But let's support the Yahoo three. They need our support. And just like the brother Ron, I respect him. Super power Peter Ron. Look how long they've been attacking him. So we need to support each other. It's just, and speaking of home ownership, I'm calling from the birds. And they're pushing us out of out of our home. We got a mayor, and I grew up in the same neighborhood. Mayor, what? 
grew up in. Uh, which neighborhood are you talking about? You talking about the the, uh, the old gas plant district? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't get far from there, but I grew up in the same neighborhood Mel West grew up there. Same neighborhood. And he was talking about how they're going to do home ownership with low-income houses, this and that. It ain't about low-income housing. It's about pushing us out. We who've been in our home for decades are being pushed out with high taxes, high homeowner insurance. So... You don't think the mayor West is going to be able to to uh, preserve, you know, the neighborhood? That's just propaganda. They have no concern about that. You don't think the black mayor has any concern about that community? I don't believe it. And, mm. and so, once again, our taxes are going to go skyrocketing from the south side of St. Pete. I see it every day. We're being invaded by people from all over the country as well outside the country. Well, buying up our homes, pushing us out. Yeah, a lot of corporations are buying up homes, single-family homes, turning them into Airbnb. Exactly. And so, caller, you don't think that uh, the future looks bright and that your your neighborhood is being gentrified and you're going to be pushed, priced out. Mm Mm-hmm. Only way the future is going to be bright if we stand up and fight this. That's the only way the future is going to be bright because these politicians, they don't care about the working-class people. And respect to Omali Yasha Taylor. I remember when he went down there to the state of counter and, and, and they had that depiction of black eating watermelon. Make them depicted as being clowns and cool. Yeah, that's a, a painting. That mm-hmm. yeah. So a black man don't mean nothing. Just because you black, that doesn't mean anything. They are pushing us out of our homes unless we set up and fight for it. And stop the gentrification. That's the only solution because the politics is not the solution. Because if they're going to build a brand new stadium, high tech stadium, it's not going to benefit us. Call. I want to. I want to um, go back to something you just said. That statement when you said, "If we don't stand up and fight," I want people to understand what you mean by that. Okay, because he's not speaking of, and I don't believe he's speaking of talking about physically fighting. He's saying, "Stand up and fight with your voice. Stand up and Organize. fight by voting." Organize. Exactly. Organize. <laughs> That's Work it. Organize. That's it. So, thank you very much, Cole. I appreciate that because I'm definitely 100 percent on board with you in regards to that. We you have to do it as a community because, as Billy said, it will become gentrified and you'll be pushed out. Ready for the next call, Mr. Billy? Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Good morning, peace and blessings. Blessings. Good morning. Good morning. One of my best quotes that I got my daily activity by is by James Baldwin. Yes. To be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time. Just trying to stay balanced. Just trying to figure it out. Just trying to look at how do we as a uh, community of people with a history of having given everything back to this country, find ourselves now on this lonely island of almost having nothing. So that brother is absolutely right. To have sometime a representative of the race don't necessarily mean we're going to get what we need. Indeed, It is on us to organize, to push, to fight like hell to get it. We can have a whole political party that black people have been loyal to, i.e. the city of Tampa government, with all the constitutional officers being Democrats that need the black vote and see how they betray the race constantly. So I would encourage young people that all of the authors that you laid out is so inspiring, but we have to hold up. This new generation that's understanding yes. the politics of the game. So when you see somebody like a sister like Nicole Hannah-Jones, um, our brother Coke, uh, even this young sister, I'm ordering her book, Jamil Hill, to talk about race and sport, the politics, that it is all intertwined into making sure that that wealth gap 
stays there. Black people in with nothing. Uh, some of our leaders tell us to hold up the hope only when we get to God and mm-hmm. get to heaven. <laughs> but we have a responsibility. <laughs> we might not be ready to do that other fight that we might have to do. But we damn so got a responsibility to get ourselves to push back right now. Colin, what's your name? Uh, Sister Connie Burton. Sister Connie, thank you so much. You, I, you, I have chills right now. Thank you so much. Because everything you said was 100% factual. I have chills and almost tears in my eyes because you're, you're 100% correct. And we need to do everything that she just said. Uh, listeners, if you understood what she was saying, and I heard the passion in her voice. I heard the passion because she's... Uh, and just as she stated, just because we have a person of color standing up doesn't always mean they're representing us. You have to make sure that they're standing founded and grounded for your community, for our community, for our best, for our well-being. We have to make sure that before we put them in office, don't put them there just because of their color. That don't mean anything. It's sad, but it's true. Make sure they're founded and grounded on what we stand for and what our culture and our community truly, truly needs. Thank you, Sister Connie. Thank you so much. Yeah, and... uh you talked about, you know, well, the callers talked about organize, organize, mm-hmm. organize. But you said you went to a homeowner's symposium yes. and nobody was there. Nobody of to color was body there. Of color, yes. So we have to be prepared if we're going to stop the 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 pricing out, mm-hmm. the uh, gentrification. We if we're not ready, if we're not ready, we're not there to take advantage of the of the loans, of the situation, of yeah. the of the grants, then, you know, we're going to continue to miss out. And, but the gentrification is going to continue because a mayor wants to make certain that jobs are attracted to the city. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's thinking. He's thinking uh, we got to get people some jobs. But at the same time, a mayor also has to be concerned about who's paying for property taxes. That's it. You know, so you that's have it. to become homeowners if you can. That's why I implore young people to get their credit right mm-hmm. and get in a home because that's going to empower you. You know, I, I, w- I want to say something. The reason I always say entrepreneurship is so important to me because when that pandemic, when it hit us, I saw so many people, Billy. I mean, it, it was crazy. It would not even not, not just depending even when the housing market had hit it when it crashed. So many people was defined by the property, material things that they owned. I mean, there was a, there was suicides and all kinds of things going on. But when the pandemic hit, I said to myself, as I say, call to action. What can I do? What can I do to help, you know, those that surround me? So that's what made me create that um, business, you know, my cleaning business, because I wanted to help people start their own business. You understand? And I did it by example, you know, because you sometimes you want to start your own business, but you don't have the monetary funds. Right. You just don't have right. it. So I said, OK, well, you know what? We can do this another way, because sometimes you end up getting yourself more in debt. You know, when you're trying to do it and you find you find all these um, companies that will tell you, you know, you, ha- you have to get financing. Well, for me, financing just means you're putting yourself more and more in debt. It just depends on the way that you do yeah. it. So I, I went and I purchased um, a company, okay? I spent $13,700 and purchased that company. And I said, I purposely started this just to put other people to work. And I said, if you work with me for six months to a year, I'll invest in you because now I know you're investing in yourself with a minimum of $1,500. No finance, none of you own everything yourself. You know, and that's where my mind, my call to action was. So when I always say to you, when we're talking to you, it's to inform, impact, you know, and motivate you to call to action. That's why I'm saying that. You have to remember, this is almost like a 360, because think about the Harlem Renaissance, you know. And in 1920, when they were talking about all these authors and everything, and this is a quote that I'm reading. In 1920s, as black artists, as black artists and intellectuals emerged following the Great Migration, the Harlem Renaissance produced a prolific, prolific amount of authors because they was talking about what was going on. Right. You know, Langston Hughes and them. Exactly. They was talking about what was going on. And what happened in Harlem? Remember, I'm from New York. I can tell you, it's gentrified all up and down right now. Okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. So it's like they, they will do that and they set you up and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. You just see them coming slowly. You just well, see them coming in. I know we have some great representation of color, too, especially, you know, the brother, you're going to be at the masjid and uh, you're going to be honoring women. There is one woman in the Florida Senate, I believe, Fringers, Fringers Driscoll. 
I think she's a warrior, and I just love her. I love when she speaks up, and, you know, I just want to give her her props. I think she cares. I Mm. think she very much, and I think she's a power to be reckoned with. That's good. Uh, We got another caller, my Billy. Yes, we we do. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Caller. What's going on, brother and sister? (laughs) Good morning. Um, So... Uh, you know, I heard a couple of callers talk about uh, mentioning the word fight, and I heard um, uh, uh, Miss Miles, I think, say something about, you know, the brother's comment. I just want to uh, say that of all our studies, and, you know, Malcolm said, I'm sure it said before Malcolm said it, but I think he said Elijah Muhammad taught him that of all our studies, history is best qualified to reward all research. And in my view, if, uh, you know, whenever you're in a contest and you want to know how to fight, of what to do when you fight, you gotta, uh, you know, be intelligent, fight intelligently. You have to, you know, um, and and history will help you know what kind of fight you need to fight. Indeed. And uh, if you want to win like Haiti did, then maybe you ought to do what Haiti did. If you want to win like, uh, like the Americans did, uh, the so-called American Revolution, then you got to do what they did. Uh, if you want to, you know, win like China did, uh, like Vietnam did, then you have to, you know, fight like they did. And I mean, the instruction manual. Is uh, is there before us? It seems to me that most people in the world would agree that African people in the U.S. and around the world are colonized people, just like we were in Haiti, just like we were in uh, in in China and Vietnam, and um, uh, and and so uh, we have to fight intelligently. And maybe maybe words will work. I know there's some people who would have us think that uh, the Willie Lynch letter, you know, a bunch of words uh, uh, created some kind of conditions among African people uh, today, uh, uh, you know, based on some, some white man's uh, fine words. But, uh, you know, Chairman O'Malley just tell her, teaches us that that's got to be poppycock because if words were enough to do, uh, to subjugate African people the way some would claim the Willie Lynch letter did, then white people, colonizers, wouldn't have to invest in, uh, invest billions, if not trillions of dollars in uh, bombs and guns and uh, agents of war. So uh, we just have to, you know, be intelligent. We don't even have to be smart. We don't have to invent anything. All we have to do is look at history. And like uh, like I said before, of all our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research. So, uh, you know, uh, there's more than one way to vote. And we've seen that with uh, the George Floyd responses. We've seen that uh, with the Bijana Taylor responses and the Michael Ferguson responses. And I think I even heard one time on this show, that doing the same thing and expecting different results is a uh, uh, is, is <laughs> definition of insanity. And so, you know, it's constantly pouring out to the polls and and begging, praying, hoping, and even you know, casting a vote for some uh, good white person or some good black person who likes to act like white people mm. uh, to make a change for us. Um, you know, might start tend towards that definition of insanity. What I do know is, if we look at what people did to get free. We have to do the same thing as it's, it's freedom. If it is freedom that we seek, all right. I appreciate y'all allowing me to share. Thank you, brother. I, I want to um, comment on some of that. If I get to this next caller, because you made a lot of um, important points. We have, we have another caller, with Billy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call on. You're in the air. Good morning. Um, thank you, as always, for wonderful topics. Uh, I so I loved really what a couple of callers ago. It was the gentleman who said, "Hands off, Uhuru." Loved everything he said, totally vibed with it. It made me think about the comment that Snoop Dogg recently made, how he is endorsing Trump. And I I was blown away that he did. Um, I feel like he's really betraying his black brothers and sisters. I don't see that Trump ever did anything for the black community. And on that same note, Martha Stewart recently made a comment saying, Everybody needs to get back into the office. All of you remote workers, you need to get back to the office. And I thought, that is so vicious. That is such a vicious, dangerous thing to say because there are so many working class and middle class people that have to work remotely. There are some people that are ill. They can work from home, but they can't work in an office. What about a single mom who has to get her little, you know, once to school and she only has enough time to get back home to, to log in online? And so a remote position for her is helpful. I mean, there are so many reasons for the working class and middle class that remote work works. And for a celebrity, 
who is richer than rich to make that comment, I was disgusted. Yeah. And I feel like we need to hold these celebrities accountable. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it, it, and I thought to myself, this is a woman who spent a little bit of time in jail. Yeah, she's a celebrity, so it was probably a very posh jail. But <laughs> did you learn nothing from your time? No, because she made money while in jail. Well, thank you. Thank you. I was going to say thank yeah, you. Mm-hmm. So I just, wanted, I just wanted to mention that. And on another note, I would love it if you guys have any interest in ever doing a, a show, um, one show committed to talking about what happened with the gas plant. Um, anyway, thank you so much for your show. I'll get off the air now. Thank you, Carla. I want to say I want, first. I want to say thank you to all the callers because you guys have me right now. I'm, I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm. I feel so. I, I want to say, lady, but I don't even think that's enough because it, it tells me you're listening. You're hearing what we're saying to you because you're, you're calling and you're responding and you're giving more information to help those that are not ready to call in yet. So I appreciate that. I want to um, go back to the um, brother, brother life. I want to say to you, you are 100 percent correct that we do need to look at what history has taught us so that we can move forward and make it better. But I also want to say, for those of you that think, when we talk about these situations and the circumstances that black people have experienced, and and we, we constantly reiterate over and over, believe me, we're not playing victim, okay? That's not it. What we're saying is enough is enough, Okay, that's how I look at it. Enough is enough. But at the same time, we are holding each other. We're holding our own culture, our own community, our other black brothers and sisters. We're holding them accountable as well, as I said, to spark them to action. Because if you want change, it's not going to come and knock on your door. You're not going to make changes by sitting there. But it doesn't mean you have to be out there fighting and, you know, putting yourself or your family in jeopardy. What it means is you have so many other resources available that you can participate in making that change come about. Even if it's just going out talking to a youth about how they can make it better, letting them know that they don't have to be on social media doing derogatory things, but more positive things to promote the community. Let them know where they can find those resources at. Going to the elder com- elderly community for those um, black brothers and sisters that can't get out of their homes and do anything. Going and talking to them, showing them how they can participate. So there are ways that you can do this. Going to the caller that we just finished with... Um, that was speaking of Martha Stewart's statement talking about, yeah, everybody needs to get back to work. Let me explain something to you. When that pandemic hit, it affected everyone. It did not care about color. Let's be clear. It did not care about your color, your age, nationality, none of it. It just hit us. No one was prepared for it. None of us expected it. I know I didn't. I never thought I'd see the whole world shut down behind a freaking cold. Okay, So I don't think any of us was expecting that. However, guess what? You use what you have available to get past it, to get through it, and then you move on. So now we're at the point that we've gotten there. You know, you're right, ma'am. If it benefits you to work from home because that's better for your family, for your children, you are 100% correct because Martha Stewart does not have any of those burdens. She does not have any of those burdens. So I agree with you 100%. She should have kept her mouth shut. And you're right. That was disrespectful to everyone, not just black people. It was just disrespectful to anyone that is working for, working remotely to feed their family. You uh, know, The world was changing anyways. I mean, there were, you know, technology was making it possible for people not to have to go into the office. And the mm-hmm. only reason why these capitalists like Martha Stewart want people back in the office is so they can watch them. That's so it. they can keep control over them. That's all it's about. So, you know, there are people who don't want to go back to the old world. And right. it's it's safer that way. And it's technologically even sounder that way. And there are some kids who mm-hmm. don't want to go back into the classroom. They'd yep. rather study from home because they were being bullied. They yep. couldn't really fit in. And work uh, schooling from home is just better for them. So let it be. This is a brave new world. Yes, it is. Nothing to be afraid of. Let it be. You don't have to go back. <laughs> Wait, look, let me say this. When you say none of you are afraid, I have to laugh because let me tell you something. And I do not watch the Super Bowl, so don't nobody say, oh, my God, I just don't. Okay? <laughs> I don't. And I didn't, I didn't even see the halftime shows. I watched it after after the fact. But it was so sad what, what happened. It was in Kansas. Um, what was it that they had the, um, Kansas the party? City. It was Kansas City, was it? That yeah. they had the after party yeah, or whatever? Yeah, the parade. The parade, right. And people got killed. I mean, you yeah. come to celebrate just to enjoy yourself. You know, and people lost their lives behind pettiness, nonsense. Yeah. You know, and again, it was children. It was teenagers. Right. Same thing happened in Ybor City. You know, just two groups of people armed and going out to a place 
to party and they end up shooting at one another. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's really a shame. But, you know, there's a lot that these politicians don't want to do anything about the guns. You know, they'd rather ban the Super Bowl or ban the parade before they ban the gun. Right. You know, so this is the world we're living in. And that's why I say it's so important because understand something. Most of these are happening, again, because of our youth, because they don't have no other outlet. They, well, excuse me, they have it. They're just choosing not to utilize it. And us as a community need to get these individuals involved. I mean, and I'm pretty sure I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, downgrade or disrespect any parents of who the, the parents of these children may be. But as parents, okay, I have two. I have two. I have a 28 and 38-year-old. But believe me, when they were doing that age, I knew what they, where they were. I knew what they were doing, and I kept them involved in something. You know, and, and the world wasn't as bad as it is right now. Well, after a teenager just shot some people up at in the, at a school and the parents was at the school earlier that day, the parents got held accountable. The Good. mother just got held accountable Good. in court. That set oh, a new yes. precedent. Yes. So yes. maybe things will start to change a little more now. They keep more control over their children and stop trying to get somebody else like social media to raise their children. Exactly. And those, those individuals that did that in Kansas, to my understanding, they're going to be actually held um, as adults. And I said, Good. Because it's too, they've, they've been getting, it's, and it's sad, but it's just been too lax, they've been too lax with it. Yeah. Because they, they're thinking it's okay now. They're thinking it's okay, and, and it's not okay because you're taking people's lives, you know. And it, it, make, it makes no kind of sense. So, again, we're calling you to action. That's what we're doing. If you have any more comments, give us a call at 813-239-9663. We want to thank you. Continue listening to us at WMNF.org. Again, you can email mobility at DJ. DDA at WMNFF.org to give your comments and whatnot. Mobility, let's put on, you know who I wanted to play? Chapman? Yes, Chapman. Thank All you. All right, let's put on some Chapman. Yes. This is the performance with Luke Combs' Fast Car from the Grammy. Yes.
job that pays all our bills. Stay out drinking late at the bar. Support your friends and you do your kids. I'd always hope for better. But maybe together you and me find it. I got no plans. I ain't going nowhere. Take your best car and keep on driving. Okay, we are back. You cannot go wrong with Tracy, um, with Tracy Chapman. I'm so happy to see that she's graced us again with hearing her music and yes. how it can teach us something on Billy because they all know that's history right there. Yeah, she looks great. Yes, she does. <laughs> now, I, I want to say, I know we're about to close out, but I do want to just touch base on a couple of things. I'm going to reiterate, you know, the announcement for Brother Richard. He is having a program on February 23rd um, at the... 7328 East Sly Avenue in Tampa. You can reach Brother Richard at 813-406-1047. This is to uh, for Dr. Obeya Ahmad. And it's at the, say the name for me, Dr. Richard. It's going to be at the Masjid um, Islamic Society of Tampa Bay, um, across from Tampa Bay Tech. The address again is 7326 East Sly Avenue. The doors will open at 6 p.m., that's February the 23rd. We invite the whole community, and I'd like to thank the show for having me on to be able to make this announcement um, as I serve as the chairperson of Masjid Anasa. Anasa means the help, mm. and that's what we in the community to do with our food pantry and our youth um, service program. So we are definitely want to be Living up to that name, Anasa, the help. People need help in the community. They need help with food. They need help with their children. And we're here to serve. And Absolutely. that's the biggest purpose. Now, so. that's a that's a, that's a powerful statement right here, here to serve. Because believe it or not, that's what we're all here for. We're here yeah. to serve each other and help one another. That's how yeah. we get to be great. Um, off the air, as we were listening to Tracy Chapman, Brother Rich and I was talking about, you know, the history of Tampa and things to that effect. And I know we got a call in. I'm going to try to grab you in real quick because we got about maybe seven minutes left. But we were talking about how powerful our history is, you know, and how we just took the time to find out more about it. It will enrich your lives and it will allow you to enrich the lives of your family and your friends and so forth. But one of the things we was um, discussing as well was what's most powerful is the land. Is that correct? That's right. We must have land um, to move forward as a nation. Um, everyone comes into this country and buy up land. Absolutely. Because they know the importance of having land. Um, I think Will Rogers say, buy dirt, they're not making anymore. Come on, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> they're not making anymore. Thank you, Brother Richard. We're going to yes. definitely have you on again when we discuss the history of Tampa so we can talk more about that. Okay, Mobile, I do see we have a call on the air. Caller, we want you to come on the air. We have just a couple of more minutes before we um go out. Got to call it. Yes. You on the air? Yes, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, ma'am. I live down in a uh, little south of Tampa in one of these little old, uh, towns down here. And I just want to say this thing about uh, gentrification. It's happening not just certain places. It's happening all over Florida. Mm -hmm. And it's not just happened to one community or another community. It's happened to all of us. And my point is merely that, uh, you know, we have to, like you said, callers before, we have to be together, work together to, to deal with this because we're being forced out of our homes. We can't afford these high real estate taxes on our homes and it seems like certain powers that be want to force certain locals uh, that have been here forever out of their homes. So I just want to say, keep working. I love you. Thank you Thank so you. much, Carla. We Thank appreciate you. that. And we will we will continue to um, keep talking about it because you're right. It needs to get out until, again, you feel individually responsible to go ahead and do a call to action. So we had a great day today, Mobility. What do you think? Awesome show. Not only housing prices, but... Apartment prices. Yes. <laughs> they, <laughs> these landlords think they they are some kind of special royal class because they can do anything they want. They can raise prices mm -hmm. in any exorbitant amount they want, and that pushes people out. 
It does. And what we're not recognizing and realizing, if you're put, pushed out of your home and you don't have anywhere to go, what does that make you? Homeless, right? And that takes another toll on a community, doesn't it? And you then know? they want to criminalize that. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So then you know? what you so, do? I mean, we, we, we have to understand the trickle-down effect of it. It's a domino effect, however you, however you want to put it. You have to understand how this is affecting not individually but us as a whole, because that is the bottom line. Like I said, when I went to that event and it was for homeowners, it was giving you the opportunity of a way not only to have more income coming to your home, but to help someone else have a roof over their heads. And I did not see us represented. Right. That and bothered me so much. And it's really sad, especially when you think about the land. Because, yes. you know, a home sits on top of land and the mm-hmm. land is really where the power is, you know, you have to have the land. So I think the brother's right. We're going to definitely need to talk about that. But historically, that has been part of our battle. We talk about uh, going back and learning about what our ancestors did and what they accomplished and contributed to this country. And in the process, they they were burnt out a lot. They they lost a lot beyond slavery, beyond mm-hmm. reparations for slavery. We need reparations for the loss <laughs> of property you know, throughout yes, the 20th sir. century. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a lot that has been done to to hurt our prospects in this country. Absolutely. I hope the, um, those of you that listen to the show today, you will take some of the information we have shared with you and share with others. I hope you understand what I meant when I said look at the resources that are right there in your home, that is right there in your family, that consists of your aunts, your uncles, your grandmothers, you know, all of those that came from that history of slavery and, you know, coming up out of it. I want to give a shout out to my Aunt Kat because you hold me strong every day. I love you and appreciate you. I want to give a shout out to my Uncle John. Those are my ancestors that I have left down there in North Carolina and that is one of where Chicken George was buried okay <laughs> Chicken yeah. George he was buried out there in Caswell County yeah. so I'm kind of you listening thank you so yeah. much Uncle John I love you guys and I appreciate the information you have and how you've taught me you know to be the best that I can be and help move forward to help others you know I want to thank you Brother Richard for joining us today you are much appreciated your information and hopefully us getting this um, event out will have a lot of people show up so you can get support you know for those mm-hmm. programs that you're doing for the youth because it's much needed it truly yeah. is Mobili I know you had mentioned something that someone on sent you an email what was that before we go out oh yeah one of our great listeners Twinkle says she's always listening to this show she thinks today's show was magnificent she's feeling inspired uh, but she also has an album of her own she's a musician and so i'd like to shout out that album freaks and weirdos by (laughs) twinkle in rock soul radio okay where can it be heard at is it rock soul radio rock soul radio okay got you (laughs) got you all right we want to thank you guys keep on continuing to listen to us we're here every sunday the sunday forum from 8 a.m to 10 a.m Eastern Standard Time. We're on WMNF.org. We welcome your calls, your emails. You can always reach us at 813-239-9663. You can email Mobilia at DJ at WMNF.org, 88.5 FM. Mobilia, let's take us out with James Brown, Black and I'm Proud. Host Martin Heat Nanny is coming your way next here on WMNF Radio, 88.5 FM, WMNF Tampa, WMNF.org. Keep it tuned right here. I said we want to-